0: Hello and welcome once again to Florida Foodie. My name is Lisa Bell and I'm excited to bring you our second episode. We like to talk about the big picture when it comes to the food we eat. For many of us getting food is as easy as heading to the supermarket and picking up whatever we want. We can choose to eat healthy or we can indulge in some guilty pleasures. The choice is really up to us, but not everyone has that choice. Some of our neighborhoods do not have easy access to nutritious food. And that creates a domino effect that impacts the health and well-being of everyone in that community and beyond. It is a problem you will find in virtually every major city in the country. Well, the city of Orlando is looking for ways to get results for the people here. And city leaders are starting with one community that has been long underserved. Paramore. Their solution? bringing farming and a farmer's market to the neighborhood. This plan is bringing much more than just fresh vegetables and fruits. Tell us about it and give us all some food for thought. We sat down with Chris Castro from the City of Orlando's Director of Sustainability and Jemmy Barrera, the Paramore Farmer's Market Coordinator. Well, thanks for joining us here on Florida Foodie. I'm News Six's Lisa Bell, and I'm joined by our producer, Thomas Mates, today. And we are sitting down with Chris Castro, the City of Orlando's Director of Sustainability, and Jimmy Barrera, the Paramore Farmers Market Coordinator. Thank you so much for being here today. And we want to first start off by talking about Paramore. It has been designated as a food desert. So tell us exactly what does
1: that mean? Well, food deserts really entail neighborhoods and parts of our cities where food insecurity is uh, essentially a major challenge. This is where often you have a lot of convenience stores and fast food restaurants where most of the families are getting their meals, and they, they're usually about a mile and a half to two miles from an actual food store, whether it's mm-hmm. a grocery store or a market. and so. Uh, Often when you you start to home in on some of the challenges with food deserts, you begin to realize that people's health and well-being are affected because of the the lack of whole food access. There's
0: a real domino effect Mm -hmm. when people don't have easy access to healthy food. Correct. And it's not just in Central Florida. Tell us about these food deserts because they are everywhere all across the United States who studies this and determines you know what is a food desert
1: well the u.s. department of agriculture is is one of the leaders on this and you're absolutely right this is apparent pretty much across every city that you can think of in america and they happen to also correlate with low and moderate income communities at times these are minority populations and um... Often, they they are lacking with access to, to get their hands on healthy foods for their for their children and for their families.
0: I think some people would think, you know, this is the United States of America. It's hard to believe that it would be a challenge to, you know, find easy, affordable, healthy food options.
1: Yeah, you would think, uh, you know, that we're abundant with those types of resources. Mm-hmm. But um, there are hot spots in our city. And what we've done in the city of Orlando is start to map out what are those communities where we see food access issues and food insecurity, and how can we proactively address those by either changing policy, uh, by partnering with local nonprofits to try to fill that void, and at the same time, uplifting markets like the Paramore Mm -hmm. Farmers Market to give at least these families an option uh, sometime Mm -hmm. per week.
2: Uh, Focusing on Paramore, was this something that's been becoming a food desert? Was this something that was like a steady decline, or has it just been underserved from the get-go?
1: Paramore has been underserved for for many decades. And Mm -hmm. in fact, the city of Orlando about five years ago published the Paramore Comprehensive Plan, essentially a neighborhood plan that identified what are the biggest gaps and the challenges that are facing public health and quality of life, economic opportunities and job creation, as well as access to whole and healthy Mm -hmm. foods. And in that plan, we identified the need for us to uh, attract uh, food markets as well as farmer's markets to this region Mm -hmm. so that we can try to fill that void.
0: So it's not just one thing that is going to solve this problem. No. Mm -hmm. So, Jimmy, tell us about the Paramore Farmer's Market. How is this tackling this issue?
3: Yeah, so I think there's a lot of key factors here. Um, Working with the community, so now we have PKZ on board, helping to coordinate the farmer's market. They're from the Paramore community, so they know exactly what's going on, and um, building relationships with residents as to what their needs are. we have a space that will allow vendors to sell their own, you know, food or handcrafted items um, within Paramore. So that's number two: is having that access to even sell whatever it is that you need that they might not have the opportunity anywhere else right Um, so they're comfortable in their area Um, and number three is working with um, like he said just having that access to fresh vegetables and having snap in ebt so if you have snap and you have ten dollars you want to use we give you ten free dollars to use on fresh fruit and vegetables so i think that sending that out to the community, letting them, know it's, letting them know it's available is really helpful. And I think we're starting to get more people understanding what that is and just being really happy like, wow, I get 10 free dollars. Um, and that really gets them excited to eat fresh fruits and vegetables.
1: So I wanted to just piggyback on that. This whole effort has um, basically been realized because of a grant that the city of Orlando Mm -hmm, received about a year and a half ago. This grant is called the Farmers Market Promotion Program. Mm -hmm. It was given to 13 communities across America, and we were one of those fortunate communities. And the whole effort was to create a comprehensive approach to solving food insecurity throughout these uh, low and moderate income communities. And so our comprehensive approach was threefold. First and foremost, we wanted to figure out a way to grow more food in this community. How do we turn vacant land that maybe the city owns into mm-hmm. these edible landscapes so that we can meet that need? Um, and also engage the students at the Paramore Ace School, mm-hmm. Knowledge for Living, um, the Paramore Kids Zone, mm-hmm. and many other nonprofits in that community and give them garden boxes and the ability for them to grow food. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we wanted to have, create a market for people to turn that food into a profit and allow individuals like cottage food industry of either baking your own goods or creating your jellies and jams mm-hmm. and being able to vend that at a market on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And the third component was how to teach families how to turn what's being grown in their lawn and being sold at this market into a healthy, nutritious meal. Mm-hmm. And so we've partnered with Ebony Nutrition, who hosts on a quarterly basis cooking and nutrition classes that, um, essentially, for free, free of charge, families come out and they learn how to how to essentially create an, a really delicious meal
0: you know what's amazing to me though and just hearing you talk and you mentioned all these different organizations you said PKZ which stands for More Kids Zone yeah. and Ebony Nutrition mm-hmm. these are just individuals who've stepped up and who've come together to try and make a difference it's not like someone you know parachuting in from Washington no. DC or whatever right. trying to apply this mm. this is truly a grassroots effort yeah. trying to solve this problem which in turn will solve a lot of problems. Totally, mm-hmm. from
1: seed to plate is what mm-hmm. we what we were trying to get to in turn essentially paramour from a food desert into a food oasis. Mm-hmm. Imagine the ability for us to activate these spaces. One of those other nonprofits is Fleet Farming, and this organization's been uh, started here in Orlando, focused on turning lawns and some of these wasted spaces into these edible landscapes and in-ground farms, mm-hmm. all using organic practices, no pesticides, and engaging the community in growing that food so that they can learn the skills to take that back home and hopefully produced Mm -hmm. our own produce. And
0: anyone who lives in Florida, you know, and has followed the news, especially with the last summer and our issues with blue-green algae and blue tide, that actually affects that because if you can eliminate some of these grass lawns and turn them into edible landscapes, tell me about how that can really help improve the overall water quality for the entire state.
1: Well, you know, lawns are kind of this American Mm -hmm. fixture that that we've had for decades, hundreds of years. And... um, Recently, there's been studies that show there's about 40 million acres of lawns across the country. It produces about 2% of the total land that is available in the country. And as you were mentioning, some of the lawns, and in fact lawns in general, contribute to heavy amounts of pollution and water shortages. Here's a couple of statistics. To maintain these lawns, we consume about 9 billion gallons of water per day. 2.4 2.4 million metric tons of fertilizer per day, and about 70 million pounds of insecticides and herbicides. If you think about the blue-green algae problems, the nutrification that we're having in our springs and in our lakes, really a big culprit of that is the runoff from our lawns uh, after a rain event that's going into these waterways, and they're blooming uh, and, and because of the nutrient pollution that's getting in there. So so one of the premises is how do we turn neighborhoods into agrihoods, mm-hmm. and essentially convert these Stagnant lawns that are absorbing a lot of water and resources, and make them an edible landscape, so that we can solve food insecurity and create a local economy.
2: And the one thing I find kind of interesting is, it, it looks the, the solution that you guys are going towards for a food desert. It might even seem a little counterintuitive. A lot of people might think that the solution would be more so to get one of these grocery stores or chains to come in and and you know mm-hmm. supply the food for these people as they would any other neighborhood. But that <clears throat> I know in say Portland, Oregon that's been a problem because it's also been a factor of like gentrification and then mm-hmm. properties go up so the <clears throat> excuse me so the farmers market is is sort of eliminating that 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 uh that possibility of gentrification mm-hmm. I, can you speak to that a little bit as, as why the this is this is what you've been targeting
3: oh it's, it's, me yeah, okay. whoever <laughs> okay um, um. So I'll repeat the question again so I can So,
2: uh, so yeah, so, it's, so a farmer's market okay. might be counterintuitive to the average person because yeah. a food desert is the lack of access to food. Exactly. Mm. You might think that it would be better to bring in a grocery yeah. store. Why is the farmer's market the solution?
3: Okay, I see. Um, so I think that it's a solution because you're getting the community involved. So if the community is involved, then they're the ones getting benefits from it, right? So that's what I was speaking about earlier. If they're the ones selling at the farmer's market, they're the ones getting the money, they're the ones getting the profit, but they're also... It's, it's a way to get, you know, a win-win situation, right? It's mm-hmm. like you're still getting the fresh fruits and vegetables. You're still getting the access, but you're still having more of a control over it. And you get to sort of decide how you want it to go instead of just plopping down a supermarket mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is the only place you get to go. And... You have no choice as to what happens with it or how you want to grow it.
0: What I love specifically, though, about what you're doing is yeah. you're getting kids involved in yeah. this. And that, yeah. to me, is really key. So yeah. talk about, you know, all the different kid groups. I mean, specifically, too, Black Bee Honey, mm-hmm. which is just an incredible story yeah. and has been in national news because of their success. Yeah. So talk about why it's so important to get the kids involved in this and some of the successes you've already seen. Yeah, I think, um, as I
3: mentioned before, it's important to have the community involved, right? We can't go in there telling them, okay, this is what we're having and that's it um having black bee honey as a vendor before and selling their honey and then giving them a step above to be able to be um a part of growing a market i think it's really important for the community to see that like Mm -hmm. you are really in charge of this you are investing in this um and then it's really interesting to see them learn about what it's like to um manage a farmer's market is uh-huh. very different than being a vendor and they see how much work it is in terms of, but the rewards are really great.
0: I mean, I totally yeah. agree. Cause if you don't know someone yeah. who is in business or yeah. is, you know, managed a business or yeah. run a business, yep. it can seem very daunting. Yeah. But if you have someone kind of holding your hand and walking you through yeah. that process, you realize it's not that difficult, and you can take something as simple and, as honey and yeah. turn it into something really big. Well, Give me a little brief story about Black Bee Honey for people who might not be familiar sure. with it.
1: Well, so the Paramore Kids Zone, which which Jemmy has mentioned already, is an incredible nonprofit that was started by our uh, family Parks and Recreation Department. So it's a, a little bit of a spin-off nonprofit from the city. And the whole effort was to engage students in activities that enhance their professional development, their leadership development, and their ability for them to thrive beyond high school, right? Get into college, get them uh, jobs and, and the like. As part of PKZ, there is a youth entrepreneur, entrepreneurship program, and it's ran by a good friend of ours, Reginald Burroughs. And that whole program essentially walks a group of students through tutorials on how to build a budget, how to actually uh, manage the logistics, how to do communications and marketing and social media. And so it really walks them through an entire process of running a business. and. Black Bee Honey is one of the success stories that came out of this entrepreneurship program where a bunch of students came together and said, we see that there's a lack of local honey that's being sold throughout Orlando. Uh, They reached out personally to local uh, apiaries, right, the the beehives around Central Florida, and they negotiated a deal themselves where they got wholesale pricing for the honey. They brought it back to a uh, distribution center they bottle it themselves put their own labels on it they fully seal it appropriately and then they're out there selling to obviously our farmers market Mm -hmm, but also Mm -hmm. directly to restaurants in downtown Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have artisans table and you have grand bohemian and many others who are essentially now including this honey in their Mm -hmm. meals and uh and little by little things are growing and the way that we see this market in partnership with pkz is using the market as another business as another educational opportunity to get them to learn about how to do vendor recruitment how do you recruit Families to come to the market. Mm-hmm. What about entertainment? Mm-hmm. What about the education components and and the the accounting and the budgeting of running a market, right? So we see the market as a business for these youth to get their hands mm-hmm. on and to mm-hmm. learn some professional. And you were
0: telling us a little bit about some of your ideas to get people into this market yeah. and to get them not just exposed to the food, yes. but also this great place where they can you know build their community. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's where. It's so crucial to have
3: PKZ there, right? Um, they're the ones who know exactly what what they've always known about Paramore and what everyone likes to do. So I think it's important, right, in the future, right, to keep building on that, to keep having the community um, come in and sort of seeing as a place that they feel safe to hang out on a Saturday instead mm-hmm. of any anywhere else. But then, um, so not just having food, but having clothing items having yeah. skincare items having some foods from people in paramore that they didn't know and oh wow i can come here every saturday and also yeah. entertainment and entertainment so yeah. um we actually just had some entertainment <laughs> which is really great so we're working on that and having the community themselves be the entertainment whether so, it's
1: spoken word or a uh, dj yes, booth or a local jazz yeah. club you know jazz band we're trying to bring out theme or even some theme yeah. parts mm-hmm. to come out um, the other cool thing about partnering with the department of health in orange county dr yeah. sharon uh, and david overfield have been incredible mm-hmm. partners for the city and what we're looking to do in the next month is offer health services mm-hmm. for families throughout Paramore mm-hmm. at the market so there's dental clinics there's a kind of a kind of a centric care on wheels so to speak where people can come and get some vitals checked and they can maybe get some flu shots mm-hmm. before the next uh, school year mm-hmm. and so we want to make this a third place right yeah. not home not work but a place where you can come and enjoy an afternoon mm-hmm. uh, in Paramore and get you know your food, entertainment, as well as potentially health checkups mm-hmm. all in one yeah. place. It
0: seems like Orlando's kind of on the cutting edge in terms of this approach to trying to combat these food mm-hmm. deserts. Do you see that? I mean, I know that there are communities across are. the country that are trying yeah. similar approaches, but the need is so great. And mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like you have mm-hmm. a lot of support from you know city government yep. and nonprofits. Do yeah. you feel that way? I mean, what yeah. are the issues mm-hmm. that... That other places might be facing and, and don't have the support that you have.
1: Well, I'll say um, Mayor Dyer has mm-hmm. been such a forefront advocate and leader for making Orlando a more sustainable city and more environmentally friendly city. In fact, he's he set us on a path 10 years ago by creating GreenWorks Orlando. This is the initiative that both Jemmy and I work for, and our whole effort is to ensure that as Orlando continues to grow, mm-hmm. that we don't compromise our quality of life and our health and well-being, that we don't compromise natural resources and the environment which we depend on. Mm-hmm. And And, of course, that we find new ways to diversify our economy and create high-wage job growth, right? So it really comes down to the triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity. And that approach is very unique compared to other cities who are trying to address these same problems. We have a a very expansive uh, look at sustainability. It's not just local food, but it's also clean energy, how our buildings are being built transportation options, clean water resources, livability, urban forestry, um, and, and you know, the list goes on on how we can make Orlando this healthier, cleaner, mm-hmm. more prosperous city, and yeah. it all comes down to that initiative of GreenWorks.
2: Yeah, I wanna just circle back around for a second. You were talking mm-hmm. about like teaching the kids like the necessity of like how to recruit vendors to come to this, yeah. and um, you know, I. I Paramore is an underserved community, and some yeah. of those underserved communities tend to have a reputation. Have you had any sort of difficult uh, getting people to come in, or have people been very receptive to coming in and, and supporting this effort?
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, with anything, you always get mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. But I have been really happy to see people who are genuinely happy to see this going and trying to figure out okay what can I do what can I sell Um, and I've gotten some people that are really excited and we're trying to get them on board um, and getting them more um, knowledgeable about the process that it takes so a lot of them just don't know um, what it is to maybe get a a license or some sort of permit to vend or they really I think they really want to do something like this they just need the knowledge of what it takes to become a vendor to to become an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so this is um a great opportunity uh to do that right in paramore and i think that the more that we let people know this is what mm-hmm. it is and this is the process This is how you can do this mm-hmm. i think that we're going to get even
0: more people um excited about I it i think well. making it simple and easy for yeah. people i mean yeah you know because it can sure. be complicated and if you have to drive across town or yeah. you know send all these emails or fill out all this paperwork yeah. mm-hmm. It can be a little complicated. Very
1: daunting. And we're trying to make it, you know, we're actually updating our city website to be a digital city hall so that people can do a lot of this type of stuff Mm -hmm. from their smartphone or from Mm -hmm. their computer and not have to go into city hall. And so we're actually coding about 270 different types of services that the city provide. Um, And we're going to be unveiling that next month. I wanted to quickly mention that uh, Commissioner Hill of District 5 has been such a huge advocate for solving food insecurity. In fact, mm-hmm. she's been able to bring in an international food market off of John Young as well and Colonial. She has um, also been such a supporter for community garden builds uh, throughout her district as well as being the champion behind uh, this Paramore Farmers Market. And so her ability to help recruit and get the word out to the residents has been tremendous yeah. and mm-hmm. we're fortunate that we have an advocate I'm like that. I'm
0: curious to know what the like reception to the food has really been like i think a lot of people who may be listening to this will say Mm. look i have you know a 10 year old a five year old there is no way they are going to eat anything green (laughs) you know or a tomato uh there's just zero interest you know i'm just going to go give them what i know they'll eat which is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich Mm -hmm. so you know have you what has the response been like and it's interesting too because you mentioned like the Grand Bohemian there yeah. are some of the best restaurants mm-hmm. in Central Florida mm-hmm. who love these gardens and take you know fruits and vegetables straight from these gardens yeah. and, and incorporate and them and sell it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah for yeah. top dollar But, you know, it's hard to kind of convert a bunch of kids, especially, into eating this.
1: Well, part of, I think, the approach is, first and foremost, getting their hands dirty. And that's where Fleet Farming comes in. Every Friday, they have a volunteer day where the kids can come out and get their hands dirty. They also proactively go out to the Paramore A School twice per month and do science classes, STEM classes, using the garden as kind of their living laboratory, so to speak, right? Uh, And so it's important that kids get their hands dirty. That's how people learn, right? Right? Experiential mm-hmm. learning is, is much better than sitting into a classroom and hearing a lecture. It's yeah. about getting your hands dirty. And the, the faces that you see when a kid plucks a tomato off of the plant <laughs> and puts it in their mouth and their eyes just light up and they're like, that is so delicious. I would have never imagined yeah. how that tastes. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to that experience, right, the edible uh-huh. experience that you have. And so the, the Friday volunteer rides Every other Sunday, Fleet Farming also hosts a bike ride called The Swarm where they get everybody on bikes and they go around to the different urban farms and they maintain the urban farms. These are all ways in which we're trying to elevate the experience in that community. You're making it fun. (laughs) We're making it fun. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I
3: would like to say that I think often we underestimate um, kids willingness to do this because I used to work with kids and nutrition and I think they get really once sometimes it depends maybe some parents are just also didn't grow up on that right um so we have to take that into account Mm -hmm. too right if you're you know you don't eat vegetables your kids Mm -hmm. are not gonna eat vegetables yeah um but when I was running several clubs you know for nutrition and having like vegan raw food like you know kids were actually really excited yeah to Mm -hmm. make it and eat it and i think we underestimate
0: how how much they they could actually like this so tell me about your cooking classes cuz i think that that also yeah. really helps when you can yeah. actually prepare something that's delicious yeah. and then let people sample it yes it's- so we actually had Abney come um, with their bus, and
3: uh-huh. they sampled like the spicy kale salad, and they had like smoothies that had kale in it, but people didn't really know it had kale. But that yeah. was a fun part, right? You're eating your <laughs> vegetables, you don't even notice. Um, and that's something else we're working on um, with a couple different partners: is seeing yeah. if we can get uh, food demos
0: out. Um, so they come to the farmers market, yeah, and,
3: yeah. and, and just show um, different ways to use the vegetables we already have at the market. Being, hey, mm-hmm. this is here at the market. Look mm-hmm. what we've made. We're gonna show mm-hmm. you how to make it and here's a sample. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and being at the Department of Health site, we actually have a WIC building, but one of yeah. the buildings there that is a classroom space. And it allows <coughs> us to bring in other types of educational opportunities, definitely cooking demonstrations, but also how to create a rain barrel. What is compost, yeah. and how do you produce compost? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you go about, essentially, greening your home? And so we want to use this, again, back to that third place concept, not just a farmer's market, but mm-hmm. a place where you can engage, you mm-hmm. can network, you can learn, uh-huh. and you can get your kids excited about yeah. a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
0: So what are your biggest challenges? I mean, you guys have come, a, you made a lot of progress. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm yeah you know, I say I think that the continued challenge is how to recruit more vendors mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. more people out to this market. Mm-hmm. And then, um in addition to that, just, new ideas on how we can engage the paramore community specifically we have people coming from altamont springs and out in east orange county to come to the paramore market and that's phenomenal mm-hmm. that people are traveling to come to this market uh, but we truly want to focus on the residents within paramore holden heights callahan uh, west lakes yeah. we, we want to focus on the areas that are food deserts mm-hmm. and and so um, being able to communicate and properly get them out um, has been a challenge but it is something that we're working actively again with commissioner hill Walter uh-huh. Hawkins, as part of the Downtown Development yeah. Board, and many others who are, you know, little by little, we're starting to recruit um, individuals from the local schools, right? The Jackson Center, Jones High School, and and, and others.
0: And this just started this year, at this correct? Yep, yeah. this yeah. It just
1: started in, yeah. in, in
2: January. So yeah, we're about a month and a half in. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. okay.
2: What uh, what successes have you guys seen so far?
3: Um, Well, the successes I've seen were where the community, again, is involved. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always circle back to that. So I've been able to see that, like, for example, there was a group of dancers that came out once, and it was just everybody just kind of rallying around watching them. And I think it keeps people there. It makes them feel like, wow, this is fun. I want to be able to see that. Um, People they know and um, things that they're used to maybe um, seeing for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so I think what really works is having the community come, even if it's a church group or the school coming in, just feeling like, oh, I know these people. Yeah, and celebrating Um, their culture, right? I mean,
1: I think it's a big part of it is just celebrating their culture and being able to have a safe space for them to really embrace um, where their roots have come from and how to foster that, how to continue to revitalize and continue to improve the public health as well as the environment all through this kind of food initiative, which Mm -hmm. is tremendous. We're also very excited about the growth of actual food being grown in Paramore, Mm -hmm. right? Being a food desert, um, Fleet Farming turn, turned over a quarter acre of city-owned vacant land um, on South and Hicks Street. So it's basically two blocks from the Amway Center. And it's the first urban farm that we actually have in downtown Orlando um, where food is growing in a plethora. I mean it's it's unbelievable. And then and then you have these micro farmlets all around the community as well at different apartment complexes, at the school, at the community center. Mm-hmm. And and so I think a huge success has been the growth of food in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's over 15 urban farm plots in Paramore where just a year and a half ago there was zero, wow. right? Oh. So there's there's a huge movement forward now to get mm-hmm. people engaged in growing food and reconnecting them back to where food comes mm-hmm. from, right? We're so disconnected in our day-to-day lives of where food comes from and in fact studies have shown that on average a person's plate of food travels upwards of 1800 to 2000 miles per person per plate per day that's over 4000 miles potentially if you're Mm -hmm. eating three meals a day of where that food is coming from it's being shipped all over the world and of course that contributes to carbon pollution Mm -hmm. which accelerates climate change it contributes to uh industrial agriculture and the amount of pesticides and fertilizers and and chemicals we're putting Mm -hmm, on our food mm -hmm. and and what we're trying to do is relocalize the food production within our community and make Orlando a food hub destination Mm -hmm. so that people can come here year-round and not only grow food but get to enjoy some of the delicious meals that are coming
2: out of you know kind of our restaurants and Mm -hmm.
1: and and Mm -hmm. and the like so it's pretty neat
2: Uh, have you guys seen uh i know we've talked about like higher end restaurants like picking up these local produce have have, have restaurants in the community itself also picked up one yeah so
3: one of them is popcorn junkie Mm -hmm. so popcorn junkie was also part of the paramore farmers market and they use it in their lemonade um and they're in paramore Mm -hmm. so um and people in paramore love them so that's another situation where they came in they're like okay we love your honey we're gonna use it in our own food other people of Paramore love Popcorn Junkie, so it just yeah, those it's are a good just good success stories. It's, it's, yeah, so um, I think people are really excited about Black Bee Honey and Paramore. They sometimes they just come out just for them, and mm-hmm. then they see everything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which to me was, um, and I think to the people, um, people of Paramore is kind of surprising. Even the kids were like, "I never thought people would be so excited about Honey or would want mm-hmm. to support Honey." You know, it, it wasn't yes. a part of like their staple ingredients, mm-hmm. but now. It's becoming that, you know? Uh So replacing sugar with honey, that's, like, that's one little small thing that you're doing to, like get a little bit healthier right yeah mm-hmm. so it's exciting to see the little things Well, add you up. can
0: see people that you know you know being successful yeah. by doing something that seems relatively easy it, really mm-hmm. it inspires so, a lot of people yeah. yeah
1: one thing I want to harp on and Jamie mentioned it earlier is this market is also a snap eligible market yeah. mm-hmm. snap stands for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance <laughs> Program right mm-hmm. And so these are individuals who are often at the poverty line or below and get assistance for um, feeding their, their families every every week Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this market is it's not just SNAP eligible, meaning you can use your, your EBT cards here. Mm-hmm. It's also a fresh access bucks market, what we call a fab market. This is a certified market that allows you to get two for one SNAP dollars. So if a family has $40 per week that they're allowed to utilize to feed their family, they can actually get $80 per week worth of food at our market. So you literally double the amount of value that you're given by the government Mm -hmm. to feed yourselves. Mm -hmm. And just because uh, this is focused on local food and addressing food insecurity, we've gotten other additional fundings from the state that allows us to basically double those dollars and get more people out to the market. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a game changer when Mm -hmm. you're you're literally printing double the amount of money that you have access to, and Mm -hmm. all of that goes towards healthy, nutritious food that you can buy at this market. So that's a really important Mm -hmm. aspect of the Paramore Farmers Market. We, we see a huge uh, percentage, uh, disproportionate, from other parts of the city of people who are on SNAP benefits in Paramore. And so this was uh, a very important strategy for us to make sure that this market is successful.
2: Yeah. Uh, it seems like uh, Paramore is kind of like a, a testing ground. Are you guys looking to expand this into other neighborhoods and, and, and communities around Orlando that might also be in, in similar situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the idea is we're still baking this model. We're still Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the the complexities that goes with starting a market or starting yeah. a farming program. But we, we have, as I mentioned, identified other parts of our city and the region that, that are also food insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, there are places in District 2 um, around Azalea Park that, that are, have challenges with food access. There are some in East Orange County, like Bithlow, the Bithlow community, that also is known as a food desert. And so we realize that in Central Florida, uh, there are a number of communities that we really start need to start to focus on. And what's interesting is the hospitals and the healthcare and industry are starting to come out and support this type of work. Mm-hmm. Advent Health and Orlando Health have both been um, supporters for this market. They've both provided small grants. In fact, Orlando Health's grant helps us to expand the SNAP program uh, and offer that at the market. And so we're seeing that they see a value or a, a, an economic value because if you can get less people go into the emergency room because of health-borne illnesses yes. things mm-hmm. that they're putting in their bodies yeah. <laughs> then they can save a lot of money in the grand scheme of things uh, um, from just servicing these yeah. individuals well, right heart so th-
0: disease the number one killer so exactly. if you yeah. can improve nutrition
1: bingo uh,
0: you know that would help a lot of yeah. people. food is medicine yes. as we
1: say right so how do we get that
0: I imagine you uh, get a lot of inquiries from people really all over the wor- world you know trying to figure out what you guys are doing and how can they replicate that in their community.
1: Yeah. yeah, we do. In fact, um, you know, fleet farming is one of those, uh, f- we're fortunate to have a, an organization like that. Uh, it has gotten international attention. We were on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Uh, it went to Al Jazeera and NPR, all things considered. I mean, it really blossomed and showed Orlando creating these innovative strategies to advance local food. Um, and so we are getting a lot of interest around the country. One of the things that allowed fleet farming to flourish was a change to the, the landscape, Code in the in the um, master plan of the city, and we allow we essentially amended the landscape code to allow for 60% of your front lawn to be an edible landscape, and you can do 100% of your back lawn and 100% of the side lawn. That essentially opened up the window for individuals to start growing food in their lawns many cities don't have a policy for or against it it's kind of this gray Mm -hmm. area and we're starting to see that many communities have reached out and said we'd love to see the language that you put forward so that we can replicate that and enable another kind of urban farming movement within our city. So cities like St. Petersburg, Tampa, Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Gainesville, and many others have reached out saying, what's your model? How do we go about addressing food insecurity in our community and using this very unique model of growing food, not lawns?
0: And what if you live in an HOA? Because a lot of people in Florida especially live in HOAs. Yeah.
1: So the HOAs, as you're well aware, have their own rules and bylaws on how they, whether they allow it or don't in the front yard. Regardless, um, individuals in HOAs can still grow food in their backyard. There's Mm -hmm. no restrictions uh, usually there. And so we have a number of homeowners who are in HOAs and Fleet Farming essentially goes out and builds garden boxes for them Mm -hmm. and provides a maintenance service. And
0: that's a great service that I don't think a lot of people are aware of because I know I personally... Had them come out to my front yard and plant a little garden, but it is incredible because a lot of people will say, Oh, I don't know how to garden, or I don't have a green thumb, or right. you know, I've tried to grow this and mm-hmm. nothing ever happened. But they actually, in my experience, came out to my house, assessed my space, told me that I had my tomatoes in the wrong location, they were getting way too much shade, I was totally overwatering everything. Mm-hmm. They capped my sprinklers, put down a drip line, mm-hmm. planted basil next to my tomatoes, dill next to cucumbers, planted a trellis. Yes, they did it all, and this is a very small space. And I I share with everyone. It was about two hundred dollars, and they put in seeds, and they dealt with my two kids for about two hours during the whole process. So it was money well spent, and you know, it continues to give us lots of benefits because. Yeah. Every, you know, every day we get to go out and play in the garden and find something new. Yeah,
1: yeah, these are amazing opportunities for families to reconnect and to have kind of experiences with your family. We're losing a lot of that in our day-to-day because we're all extremely busy. Um, but th- these are some of the most precious moments you can have with your kids and with your families. And food is one of those connection points that you can really get your hands dirty and share an experience with. And so you're absolutely right. Fleet does an incredible job at educating the public and not just transactional just to sell a garden it's really about transforming people's lives and educating them about how to become healthier and more prosperous in their own lifestyle
0: well thank you both so much for joining us on florida foodie it was fascinating and we wish you nothing but great success as you guys continue to grow this especially in the paramore area and beyond it's having a huge impact in our state and our community so thank you both thank you we're fortunate to be here thank
2: you Thank you very much for listening to Florida Foodie. We would also like to thank our guests Chris Castro and Jemmy Barrera. You can stay up to date on what's happening with the Paramore Farmers Market on Facebook.com/slash Paramore Farmers Market and on Facebook.com/slash City of Orlando. Also on Instagram at The City Beautiful and Twitter at City Beautiful. Be sure to follow our Lisa Bell as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find her new children's book online at NormanNomebooks.com and by searching Norman Gnome Books on Facebook and Instagram. We'd also like to thank our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. You can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com podcasts. Please share those on social media. That really helps us out. And be sure to check out our other podcast, Florida's Fourth Estate, hosted by Matt Austin and Ginger Gadsden.